Another day, another addition to the loaded 2023 class. And best of all, we got DK of SpartanHoops.com here to break it down with us. Woo! Another fun one. Let's go. Our Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That's right. That's right, you beautiful people. It is the loveliest listeners and viewers of Lockdown Spartans. And we're going to get real close to the camera here because if you thought Tom Izzo and the Michigan State staff was dead, you're dead, Ron. You're dead, Ron. DK, another, another massive, massive commit. Cohen Carr, we're going to talk about it in a hot segment first. I, I just got to know how you're doing right now, man. You doing okay over there? I'm good, man. The last couple of years of MSU hoops have been a little rough. You know, I start the website, they go on a recruiting hall, and then the, the seasons just don't quite back it up. So it's been a couple rough years. Yeah. I think I've been patient, though. I've been hanging in there. I've been taking the lumps, trying to shepherd the people. And now, finally, we get rewarded. Uh, I mean, this is a massive bounce-back class. What can you say? It, when it's all said and done, it'll probably end up being four top 75 guys. I am really, really high on Cohen Carr, and I just think all the pieces of this class fit perfectly together. So I'm, I'm super excited to talk about it. You know, it, it isn't just Tom Izzo that deserves this great moment. It's not just these hardworking high school kids that are joining this class that deserve this awesome moment of being a Spartan. But let's talk about us for a little bit, all right? Us fans deserve this as well. This is fun. Last two years, eh, it's had their fun moments. But overall, okay, starting to get a little nervous. But woo! What a way to bounce back for Tom Izzo with this loaded 2023 class. Before we get more into it, hey, thank you all for making Lock on Spartans your first listen. Please rate, review, subscribe, comment. Do what you got to do to make you happy over there, wherever you're watching or listening. Uh, let's just focus on, you know, the, the, the man of the hour right now, Cohen Carr for now. He is a top 60 rated prospect per 24-7 sports, six foot seven kid out of South Carolina. DK, you could always say a lot more eloquently than I can. Yeah. Why, why is this kid so good? Just take us to church, DK. The the church of Dave Klein is open for business right now. Yeah, so he's uh, he's playing ball in South Carolina, but he's a Georgia kid originally, but in the South, so you had it right there. 6'7", 200 pounds. I, I think the first thing that comes off just screaming the page is the athleticism. I think pound for pound, you can make an argument he's the most athletic guy in this class. Um, in terms of like college athletes, he's probably a one percenter. Um, the way that he's able to finish in transition um, when he gets into the lane in the half court with slashing, there's just a lot to like about it. Um, I know it's it's typical for Spartan fans to always want to kind of compare to Spartan pass. Um, yep. It's difficult to do in this instance. Um, the closest person, maybe athletic wise, I think MB, you know, all things aside from what's happening with his pro career was, was just a special, special athlete at the NBA level, let alone the college. So I, I don't think even bringing him into the cops is fair. But I think that when you look at the athleticism, I think it is pretty close on par to uh, the post-injury Brandon Dawson. He's, he's a very, very athletic kid. Dawson was more of a two-footed leaper. This kid can get up off one, which I think is probably a little bit more helpful, particularly in the half court. Um, but he's a power player, power finisher around the rim. And he's a guy that's just going to insert some athleticism and a defensive wing stopper that I don't think really was on the roster. 
since Aaron Henry departed, they haven't really had a guy that's six, six plus 200 pounds that can defend multiple positions. And when I was looking at the rosters, it shapes up for 23, 24. Uh, granted, we get both AJ Hogard and Jaden Aikens back, which I'm, I'm very hopeful that is the case. They really needed some type of athletic wing to insert, to help rebound, to defend multiple positions. And I think Cohen Carr, regardless of what he develops offensively, can instantly give you an athletic boost uh, on the glass and on the defensive end. And I think he's a really, really key piece when you're looking at how the roster is shaping up uh, for next year, not this season, but the next. Sure. I mean, obviously, you know, just like you said, great athlete will mold into being hopefully a, a great college basketball player. But right now, when we get to the 2023 season, do you think he will have an impact that early in his career for Michigan State? Yeah. Because, you know, Garrett Norman just commits and all the Matt McQuaid comparisons are there down to what I think Garrett's role can be of being that freshman that plays like 12, 15 minutes a game, just like McQuaid did during his freshman year. Now, how about Cohen Carr? Is this a guy that could play like 12, 15 minutes a night, or is it going to be a little lower as a freshman? Not next year, but obviously in two years when he finally gets on campus. Yeah, I think he's going to end up playing 15 plus minutes per game. I think he's going to be hard to keep off the court because again, you look at what potentially MSC's best defensive lineup could be in 23, 24. I think he's absolutely part of that. Um, he's just kind of a bridge in between some of the skill that they have at the position. And given Michigan State's kind of uh, question marks in terms of some of the front front court, particularly defensively and at the center position, I think having a guy that you know is absolutely going to be a nonstop motor, um, crashing the glass on both sides and just being a physical freak everywhere, it, he's he's going to play because there's just there's nobody else on the roster that can fill the role that he potentially can. So. For me, I think he'll play 15-plus. He's a guy that I think can slot either in at the three or the four. I think primarily you want to see him at the four, but obviously uh, Xavier Booker's coming in, so he's probably going to get the majority of those minutes, at least 20, 25, you know, depending if he can defend and, and play on that side of the ball, which right now he needs to continue to work on that. But I think that when you're looking at the potential roster flexibility that Michigan State has, you know, Norman can play the two or the three, you can have Carr play the three or the four. Booker can play the four or the five. And then obviously you have your point guard and Jeremy Fears. So I think that both for the next year and then just looking towards building the future, Carr is just a massive piece. If, if he only becomes kind of the athletic rim finisher that, again, like Brandon Dawson didn't score very much outside of the paint. He had a pretty dang good career eating glass and finishing for Michigan State. And I think that Carr maybe even has a little bit more perimeter slashing game in the bag even though maybe I don't think he'll be quite the finisher off the bat that Dawson was when he came in. So again, I don't want to make a direct one-to-one -one comparison. It's just difficult because the Big Ten really doesn't have NBA-level athletes come through their doors very often. I really tried to look at just kind of the guys that have gotten drafted in the last 10 to 15 years. Outside of Miles Bridges and Brandon Dawson, I think Carr is probably the next in line in terms of pure athleticism that I've seen. Maybe like a guy like Victor Aladipo, who was more of a guard than he was a wing. So th this is this having him inserted into what Michigan State has with the skill and talent around it and what his role can potentially be for this roster next year and into the future. I really don't want to understate how important of a piece I think this is. Michigan State hasn't just had a guy be able to kind of own the rim and own around the rim. Um, for a while. And I'm really excited to get a, a kid like this to be able to just get back to cleaning the glass like we're used to. Our two field goal defense 
And then the glass clean, the defensive rebounding has been really poor the last couple of years. Carr is going to be a huge part of correcting some of that. And I'm really excited to see what he develops into. So I want to get like more into this loaded class here in the next segment and beyond, but really quick before that, we also, you know, I've been talking about Cohen Carr's athleticism, his defense. Do you think just on film alone, obviously there's a long way to go before these guys get here, but is he the best defensive prospect in this class or is the rangy Xavier Booker top five? 100%. I don't think I would even hesitate to say he's the best. I think Jeremy Fears is going to be an extremely good ball hawk, um, but sure. he's 6'1 and he's a little bit smaller frame. I think Carr is going to have the ability to guard one through four when it's said and done. Uh, maybe not right off the cusp, but he's a guy that will be able to defend two through four. And I think as he gets more comfortable and stronger and gets in the system and just has a better idea, like I think the fit is really good for both parties because he's an NBA-level athlete. He needs to be able to develop some offensive package to be able to get to the pros. But I think it's a situation where the NBA wants three and D type guys. That's that's the prototype. They yeah. want guys that are six six, six seven, built athletic, they can defend the position and knock down shots. So if Michigan State can get his jump shot a little further along, I think it's a situation where defensively Izzo and the staff are going to be able to get him right. It's just a matter of how far his his skill set can come. So I really think the marriage between the two is great. They haven't had somebody who's potentially as versatile and as, as athletic as him in a while. And I think I think it's going to be a really good fit. No doubt about it, and uh, it fits great with this dynamite 2023 class, which we will get to in a hot second. But DK, I just got to say goodbye to your lovely face, lovely face for a hot second, and I feel horrible about it, but I feel great about what the folks at Bet Online are doing. That's right, they are your number one sports betting site, gang. We are coming in hot white hot to college football, NFL football. Oh, yeah, that's right. BetOnline's got your NBA futures, your NHL futures, and, well, your your present-day MLB bets because they take care of you. Because, like I said, they are your number one online source for your odds, lines, games, and a lot more. Like, find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and, hey, one of my favorite sports to bet on, golf at Bet Online. They continue to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. Top to bottom, they have you covered, point blank, period. So head to Bet Online today. Use your mobile device. Learn more about the action and trends happening today. That's at Bet Online, where the game starts. And as we want, as we welcome the wonderful Dave Klein of SpartanHoops.com back. Hey, just want to thank you all for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day. Uh, DK, I'm not going to do any X's and O's talk for this first question, any analysis whatsoever. Dude, my my, my brother, my, my partner, how fun is this? Like, th- how much of a blast has this been just seeing Tom Izzo at the spry age of 67 just stack? a class that is now ranked third in the country, tied with Ohio State behind Duke and Kentucky. But, wow, man, this last few years were uh, tugging the collar a little bit. But now he's got his class all locked and loaded before September even begins. This is amazing. I'm having the time of my life right now. Let's go into the mind of DK. How's life on your end going? Yeah, I I don't think it can get much better than this. I I just think that the way that the recruiting went, you know, patient with Booker, on him from the get-go, stuck with him. That was just good old-fashioned hard work. He rolled up the sleeves and brought him home. I think that he's the type of kid 
um, that, that Michigan State has always done pretty well with. They target somebody, they build a good relationship. You know, there's no extracurriculars that are really being sought for, which is hard these days, particularly for a five-star kid. And they honed in on him. They made the effort. I mean, he was at basically every single event that Xavier Booker was at. That he turned it. But the, the between this is just the, the feel was that Devin Royal was trending away from Michigan State. I think the staff got a sense of that, that it was a coin flip. He was going to stay home. He's like 20 miles from Ohio State. He wanted to stay home. That's fine. Yeah. You know, good luck to him. But the fact that the staff was was proactive in expanding the board, which we haven't really seen of late. They go and they target Garrick Norman. They they bring him in for an official visit. He commits two days after the official visit. They bring in Cohen Carr, another name we haven't heard of, you know, up until the week leading until he takes the visit. Uh, you know, a week later, 10 days later, now he's committing to Michigan State. That's big boy recruiting. And to pluck him yeah. from some of the teams that were in Illinois, Auburn, a couple other teams were in late for an early push, push on Norman. And then Cohen Carr, you know, that SEC kid, that's a difficult pick. You know, he's a kid that could have gone to Tennessee, Georgia, maybe South Carolina, some of the teams that he's a little bit more familiar with. They end up being able to pitch him on his role here. So I think that the way that Michigan State went about their business makes me maybe the most excited. Expanding the board, getting out of the region, which they really haven't done a ton. They're mostly recruiting the Midwest, going to get a Texas kid, get a Georgia kid that's playing in South Carolina, and then two Indiana kids. I think it's a situation where you really just have to be all around happy about the way that they were aggressive and adaptive in the situation. Because I think the one thing that the fan base has been clamoring the last couple of years, particularly with the portal becoming a larger portion of how recruiting is going about, is that if Izzo is going to kind of stay away or be extremely selective in the portal, then he absolutely needs to be able to hit some home runs in the high school classes. And for him to basically have two kind of off seasons by Michigan State standards, by the standards he set himself, and then back that up with a top 10 class, you know, in 2020, uh, 2021, right? Is it 2021 or 2020? Yeah. yeah. Just 2021. Yes. It's 2021. Yeah. yeah. Christy, yeah. Akins, and Brooks. Yeah. Then they kind of have a little bit of a down cycle where they miss on their wing forward targets and Ty Rogers and Isaac Trout. He pivots sure. and finds Jackson Kohler in 22. And now to stack another top, what will probably end up being a top five, top six class in the country in a two, two out of three years span. I think it really speaks to the fact that the juice is still there. He still has what it takes to be able to recruit the high school kids. And now we have to see what it all looks like on the court. But I think that this completely re-energizes the program in a big, big way. And I think, again, as you said, as a fan base, we're starting to get a little bit uncomfortable with the way that yeah. it's heading in the trajectory. And I don't think that's an unfair statement given the way that it's gone. And now we have a situation where Michigan State's, you know, back in business, baby. They really are. Izzo throwing up the middle finger to all fans that have doubted him. <laughs> may or may not have my hand up over here for that one. But, yeah, he's definitely shut up. Uh, guys like me, especially in the recruiting trail, because whew, just like you said, man, back-to-back, pretty damn good classes, no doubt about that. Um, you're also, too, I just want to, you know, pick your brain about this. You're pretty plugged in, too, so you probably have some good information, but the class is done right now at four kids, or do you think there's even, like, a small chance that they do try to bring in a fifth kid to the Now, class? I would be surprised. This would, okay. basically, if nobody returned back, this would put them at 11 heading into 23-24. So if Hauser, Hall, and Walker all left, Technically, they have a year of eligibility, but if all three left, it put us at 11. I think that's mm-hmm. probably the number that going forward Michigan State's going to hover at. 
This year it's at 10. It's a little shy of how I feel comfortable. I would have preferred 11. (laughs) But I I think it's a situation when you're looking at the roster, it's almost too deep at every position. To me, really, the only question mark coming in um, to 23-24 will be what does the center position look like? And we're not going to get an answer until after the season. So it's possible if there was some type of movement or it just it kind of falls apart at the center spot, maybe they go and look at getting a guy. But they didn't mm-hmm. do it this year after Julius Marble left, and they don't really have like a clear-cut starter. So if he's not going to do it this year, I'm probably a little doubtful he's going to do it next year. But to me, if you're just looking at it from an assessment standpoint, you're going to have a veteran backcourt of some extremely talented players, A.J. Holgard, Jane Aikens. Walker could technically come back for another year, but if not, then you have Holloman, you have Fears in the mix. So you're kind of too deep there. Uh, Brooks will be there. Norman's there on the wing. Then you have Booker and Carr at the power forward position. Again, some flexibility there. Then you have Kohler, Cooper, and Sissoko at the center spot. So I think really top to bottom is a good mix of athleticism, some high upside youth mixed in. I really like the balance of the roster. I think the only position I personally would really be kind of taking an eye on and just making sure that it's a little safer than I perhaps think going into the season is the center spot. Right on. And honestly, before, you know, these two commitments that they get with Norman and Carr, like I was starting to get a little iffy just about the wing position. Like obviously you felt good about, you know, your, your backcourt, everything like that, but you're looking at 2023 season where it's Pierre Brooks. Hey, look at good player, solid player, but we still have to see him actually prove it this upcoming year. And then Malik Hall could possibly be there as well. But I mean, bang, you had Norman, you had Carr. Like now I'm just feeling quite dandy about the, the wing position right now. And just this whole, Class goes without saying, and let's do a quick award show right now, DK. And guess what? You're going to be the only judge, the only jury here. Besides Xavier Booker, besides Xavier Booker, who is the most impressive get for Michigan State in this class? What was just the best recruitment? Obviously, the top five kid is going to be first place, but let's say he's out of the picture between Norman, Carr, and Fears. Which recruitment has wowed you the most? Like the actual recruitment of the player? Yeah, the actual recruitment of the player, like how the staff went about it and just like the kid they got. So it's a tough yeah. one. Three uh, good options. <laughs> yeah, Fears, you know, they just made the push early and he committed. So it feels like he's been part of the program already. I mean, he was right. basically right. the lead <laughs> recruiter on all these other three kids. So I, yeah. I need to give a shout out, obviously, to Jeremy for helping close some of this class. I think it was a dual effort between Izzo and the staff. And I think fears, it can't be understated when you have a vocal point guard as part of that. So if you're asking who's the most important, which I know you're not, I'm going to just pivot slightly and say it's fears. But I think the most impressive recruitment for me is probably the Garrick Norman situation. Um, You look at the way that his recruitment kind of have just like surged. The fact that Michigan State was able to actually throw their weight around when Illinois, Auburn come in late and make an offer. He was thought to be a Wisconsin lean for a long time. Like they basically just, showed up. They said, come visit us. They offered him. And two days later, he committed. Like, I'm not sure if Izzo has ever had as quick a commit as that in terms of a kid that we really didn't know about like a week before he came to campus, not even. And so the fact that he was able to just make a pitch, fill the family feel, and then the the momentum that just was kind of swinging from the Booker commitment and he, and he swung it into that commitment. I think that that probably from the staff was the most impressive. So that's where I would go with that one. And also looking around the rest of the Big Ten, too, because right now, okay, Michigan State's got four commits. they got this outstanding class. And just like, you know, you said, they're probably done. They're, they're probably done stacking up this 2023 class. There are three programs in the Big Ten in Northwestern 
Illinois, and also that school down the road, we're looking at zero commits for them right now in the 2023 class. Obviously, it's going to change, okay? Like, they are going to get commits. But I'm just setting up the question of why is it so important or what's the biggest key into Michigan State just already being done with their 2023 class before September? Does this give them more time to focus on 2024? Is that kind of a myth? Or what's the biggest benefit here to closing up shop here? Yeah, I think it's the security of knowing that you've locked in four kids who could all contribute day one to the program heading to the next year. You know, we've been in so many recruitments where, especially for the the top kids that, you know, Michigan State would target, and it's down to Duke or it's down to Kentucky and Michigan State, and like sweating those out into the season, into April, into the next year to know if you're going to actually get that kid. I think that what you have is just a lot of comfort. I think that you should just look ahead and be like, now we get to sit into the season. It changes kind of the outlook of this one because I do think that there's going to be some ups and downs of the season. The non-conference schedule is absurd. I mean, there is so much that can potentially go the other way for Michigan State. You start with Gonzaga on the aircraft carrier game. You're going to play one of the best centers in the entire country and Drew Timmy. Then you back that up with, oh, don't worry, Oscar Shibway. They just got another kid who's a center that's a beast that reclassified to 22. So, you know, the first two games, you got to find a way to maybe try to split those to get some momentum going. None of that's guaranteed. You have the PK-85 where you're kicking off with Bama. You've got Nova, UConn, and, yeah. uh, I think UNC in your bracket. So that's pretty daunt. You get Villanova at home and you go on the road to Notre Dame. It may be one of the toughest schedules that he's ever put together. I'd have to really go back and look just the way that teams are ranked. But we're going to play a bunch of teams right off the get-go. I think it'll be good to get a pulse check. But I also think there's some benefit of having this class locked up. And that the greatest benefit is coming into this season, it's almost a trial period to see, can guys take the necessary steps that we need them to? Because Michigan State's going to have a top 10 talented roster in 23-24 now with this. What can they do with all the pieces? So I think that there's two ways to look at the season. The first is a standalone, how did the season go on its own? And the second is, did the pieces that really matter for 23 and 24, and Michigan State has the ability to be back in national contention, are those developing during the course of the season? So I think that the excitement about this class really is going to have an impact on the way that fans view this upcoming season, at least for me personally, that's how I'm viewing it. No, right on. And also, just like you said, okay, you open up with Drew Timmy. You have Oscar Sheevoy in the Champions Classic. And then PK85, you could have Baycott uh, from North Carolina. Could. It's not yeah. a guarantee. You know, you got to – is anyone going to grow up faster in the nation than Jackson Kohler th- this year? I mean, what a baptism for, for this young man to get here in college basketball. So, good luck to him. But, hey, I mean, probably – I like what I saw from him for Moneyball. And I know that's a ridiculous thing to say, right? Because what are you going to get out of Moneyball? But just the way he went about it, like this, he's shown that he has like a blue collar work ethic to like everything. I swear, like I could have a game of lightning going on in my driveway. And I think he would show up 20 minutes before, get a stretch in, start crunching like down all of our games. Like he, he would take it more seriously than anyone else would. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm already high in Jackson Kohler and he hasn't even taken a dribble in regulation basketball yet for Michigan State. So that's, that's just, I just, I guess it's not even a question. I just wanted to talk about Jackson Kohler. And, um, That's fine. We're drinking the Kool-Aid right now. We're going to have a baptism by fire right off the bat. And we're yeah. going to have a pretty good idea of what the center position looks like a month into the season. And we're either going to be wishing that we had gone and got one in the portal, or we're going to be saying, well, maybe Izzo was right. and There is something there that we can work with going forward. So 
we'll we'll know by December what that looks like probably. Yeah. No doubt. And before I get you out the door, DK, of SpartanHoops.com, that's right. I'm going to throw you a curveball here because we are coming in hot to football season. DK, how are we feeling about our football Spartans right now? Drop drop a record prediction on us right now. That's right. Throwing you a yeah. curveball. So yeah. I think regular season it ends up being 9-3. and three, And okay. I think that they got a shot at the bowl game. We'll just have to see who they end up playing. But I, the Washington game is the big swing one, right? That goes our way. I think you're going to feel pretty good about it. But um, – you know, it's it's going to be tough winning a couple of the places in the conference this season. So you just got to keep the momentum going, right? The recruiting's doing pretty mm-hmm. well. You know, we had a surge in June, and then it was a little lull, and now it's kind of picked up again a little bit. So I think it's a circumstance where you just want them to go out, win nine, ten games this season, um, you know, continue to be a program where mediocrity is not the acceptable standard, basically, right? So you, you won 11 last year, win nine this year. And that should be kind of the the low bar every year, I think. Go out and win nine games. Find a way to win nine games. And then in a couple seasons, maybe maybe we uh, get a crack or two at the Big Ten Championship and see where it goes from there. Look at that. SpartanHoops.com. Is SpartanPigskin.com dropping soon? That, no, it's that. not. Definitely not. Okay. Well, never say never. Stay tuned to it. Maybe fall 2023. Who's to say? I'm just going to sign you up for making another website. No, <laughs> DK, you, you, you do enough hard work over at SpartanHoops.com. You are the Pope of all things Michigan State basketball. Thank you for all your hard work. And super thank you for your generosity and your time here during Lockdown Spartans. One of the elite friends of the program right here. So you are the man, DK. I love you. The people love you. You're simply the best. Love you too, Matt. Thanks for having me on today. And uh, go Green. It's a good day to be a hey. Michigan State basketball fan. We haven't gotten to say that in a couple of years. It's a, it's a damn good day to be one. It really is. Are we back? I think we're back. It sounds like we're back. I mean, it, we're yeah, back until the season way. starts and we're watching Drew Timmy <laughs> drop 30 on us on an aircraft carrier. But besides that, we're back. We're definitely back. I'll edit all that out. We're going to keep the vibes good here. Yeah, yeah. It's not like Oscar it's the future, baby. 40 and 25, Oop, but, springs yeah. eternal. Recruiting cures all woes. Just put me in a coma until – well, I, I want to enjoy this football season, but, like, put me in a coma until November 2023, and I'm a happy man. So, uh, yeah, I might skip, you know, my kid's birthday, but, you know, hey, it is what it is. It happens. They'll see you the next year. It's all good. Yeah, how much can he really grow in one year, you know? So <laughs> there we go, man. But until then, DK, you're the man. Everyone else, right, thank man. you so much for us. Uh, first listen, first watch. You guys are all the best. Love you all. Go green. Woo.